Did you ever get that little bit of a feeling that maybe it's time for? Um, no. Ah, much better. Now, get ready for an uncivilized discussion about faith. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Barbarian, Barbarian Prophet. Welcome back, Barbarian Nation. I'm also glad you're joining us today. I have a couple of people in my studio today that have been waiting to get on this show for almost a year. Okay, I'm kind of lying. They, I had to force them to come out to my little radio shack. And uh, one of them is only handcuffed to the chair, but it's not a big deal. The other one won't leave without her, so that's okay. <laughs> hey, so can you introduce yourself, young man? My name is Tyler Lynch. Tyler Lynch, where are you originally out of? Uh, Casper, Wyoming. Really? You born and raised here? What's the story on you? Uh, yes, I was born in Casper. Uh, my, we have a family ranch in between Newcastle and Wright. Uh, that's where we spend most of our time on the weekends and uh, some free time. Uh, but yeah, mainly based out of Casper, lived here my whole life. Cool. How about you, young lady? What's your name? Um, I'm Keisha Lynch, and I'm formerly from you and mom. Or I mean, <laughs> Casper, Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, you're from me and mom, all right. So just as you've all got figured out, this is my daughter and my son-in-law. But one of the reasons I wanted to have them here today is because they have the most unique uh, ministry, and, you know, that's something I'm trying to tackle right now. I do like to gather how I came to Christ moments, etc., but one of the most important things that we do need to see is that your living in Christ is a constant state of uh, existence. And what we do is ministry. We help other people learn who they are, how they develop, etc. So either one of you want to start, uh, what is the ministry you're a part of? So Tyler and I are part of family ministry over at Highland Park. And we are part of the retreat crew, which means that we meet twice a year in the spring and in the fall. And we get married couples, and it doesn't matter if you've been married a week or 25 years. Everyone kind of needs a refresher course. And What about those that are married like 65 years? Even more so. Good. And what do you guys do out there at the retreat? Uh, well... So Keisha and I's role is uh, we're our hosts uh, with the retreat. We interact with the couples. We kind of get them into the games and uh, just keep them going throughout the course of the program. And uh, what the retreat does is you sit down and it teaches you uh, ways to communicate. Um, uh, ways, how to fight fair. Yeah, how to fight fair, how to... Are you saying there's... Uh, there's fights in marriage. Is there ever combat in marriage? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds like an expert is sitting across the table from me right there. So uh, why did you guys start in this? Well, uh, Kish and I are both believers, but we didn't have Christ at the head of our household. We, did, we thought we could do family and life on our own and have Jesus you know, basically right next to us or just be, be behind us in case we need you, you know? Yeah, you know, he's part of that social club that you like to occasionally attend. Yeah, that was uh, a horrible 
And no one will ever get through marriage thinking that. I would agree with you one million percent. I, I'm surprised that Christy and I lasted as long as we did. Mm. You know, for yeah. real. I mean, because mm-hmm. you could see why so many marriages end uh, at about a 10-year mark. About a, You know, they always call it a seven-year itch, but mm-hmm. you, you see that. So, so what do you deal with? Uh, what are some of the problems that people bring to you? So just like everybody, um, we all go through lulls in life in all different seasons. Um, A lot of couples are struggling raising young children and finding time for each other to communicate and do things. You have older couples who their kids are graduated and out of school and they're trying to reconnect with each other and learn to communicate again or to find what they have in common after they've been raising kids for 18 or 20 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see it. You know, a lot of marriages, uh, as a pastor, there's been numerous uh, marriages that I've had to step in and help with that empty nesting. Mm -hmm. If if people don't take time to step back from their work and back from their kids and everything when that last one goes to college, uh, it causes a lot of implosion. Because mm-hmm. they they don't know each other, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, I get that. So how do you go about dealing with that? I mean, how do you do? You deal mostly with the men, Tyler and and Keisha. You deal with the women, or do you guys deal with couples? No, we mainly deal with couples. Okay, uh, we don't want to separate. We want to have unity together and figure out communication and what what led to that problem. How do we? work on that problem and basically what the retreat does is it gives you tools it, they don't give you the an, we, you know the the pastor won't give you an answer there's no right or wrong answer it what they do is they give you the tools and they they uh, teach you on how to use them tools respectfully and um, fairly with your spouse and i would say that um a big part of the retreat is you kind of go through, we ha- we have two different versions that we do. We do, like I said, one in the spring and one in the fall. And you take an inventory and that inventory makes you both go through several questions, over a hundred questions. And it really hones in on everything from where you lie with your spiritual beliefs, your finances, intimacy, communication, and you're kind of based on a system. And um, we kind of go over all those scenarios at the retreat as a big group in a whole, and then we break out in um, one-on-ones. And sometimes if you are struggling, then you um, grab one of us as a facilitator because we're learning along with you. We're doing new steps with you. And so um, we all kind of uh, come together as a team and, and help those who may need some help or further discussion. So what are some of the problems you run into? Well, some of our problems were, um, the big problem was communicating. Now, like I said earlier. Now, this in your marriage? Yep. Yeah, this is in our marriage. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm not trying to get you to rat anybody out. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I don't want you going, hey, well, you know what I found out about Susie Lou and Johnny mm-hmm. Joe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, no. you, we don't and want to do what, that. But we want, you know, people are wondering, you know, well, what what would I benefit from that? So, mm-hmm. first of all, you guys went to a retreat because you were having struggle in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, well, I was, he should just give me a, a look. I don't know what that was. Well, actually, when we signed up for the retreat, when we signed up, because you sign up a couple months in advance, and it was like, oh, we're good. But we've always been interested and kind of wanted to check 
into something like this a little bit further. And so at the time, it felt like we weren't really going through a whole lot. But after going and leading up to it, we definitely felt like this is what we were called to go to. This is what we needed to hear. This is what we needed to learn. And going to that retreat, um, we went to that retreat. And then about a year later, we kind of went through something really major in our marriage that either could have broke us apart or formed us together. And by having those tools and attending that retreat, it taught us um, how to pull out some of that stuff to communicate and start working on. So, Tyler, from your perspective, how did you go about dealing with everything? I mean, in the bad way. How how were you starting to steer off track? Um, well, like in the beginning, we thought we weren't putting God at the head of our household. And when you don't do that, you think you know somebody, but you don't, you're not communicating in, in a good, healthy manner, right? You, you're, you may ask a question or that doesn't pertain to what you really need to know from your spouse communicating wise. Right. Um, and so what, when we opened that door and we uh, went to the retreat, what I noticed immediately, cause I, I'll be honest, I fought the retreat from the get go. I didn't, Oh, we don't need that. You know, we, we're good. And, but once we got there and are, are you being a man? Yeah. Yeah. Men always yeah. go, we, I don't need any of this. I don't need any help. I know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Yep. But, but we don't know what we're doing. Oh, man. We, we need no to, idea. You know, the one thing uh, I believe when we get married, nobody ever gives us a owner's manual uh, to marriage. No. And that that's a real deal. I not, not, you know, no joking around. We, we all don't get that, hey, this is how it's going to play with this person because both of you, the people that we're dating, are now different people. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And especially a few years in. Oh, yeah. Ten years into your marriage, you you know, people are always changing. And that's why the communication for us is a huge part. And as long as we stay up on our communication, we come more and more together. Because Keisha and I are so busy, not with just ourselves, but our family. We're always going. We're always on the road somewhere. And we learned that we lost that communication along the road. And when we started learning these tools and realizing, oh, man, we can get back to them fun conversations. We can get back to uh, deep conversations and not make it a ordeal. That just made your marriage 10 times better right off the get-go right there. Right. So Absolutely. That was a big thing for us was communication. And I think, too, when we started this, too, um, When you come together, I always say it's unpacking the bags. So how I was raised was different than how Tyler was raised. But we brought all that baggage. You were raised very normal. (laughs) Uh, Don't laugh. That's real. (laughs) You know, we... um, And it can be something simple as, well, my family used um, margarine and... His family used real butter, and that's kind of a different conversation that you ex- don't expect to have, but when you move in together and you start this life, you realize that you came from two different walks of life and that you're starting to form one. And 
we didn't realize the importance. We always talk about leave and cleave, you know, how it is hard starting out as young adults and you have kids and you need help from parents. But the importance of leaving what you thought you knew or what you thought needed to be done and cleaving to each other. uh, And it's not even about leaving growing up and how you're raised and what you're doing stuff. It could be leaving behind all those idols that you thought was marriage, you know, uh, watching TV, um, even addictions, leaving all those, the, the importance of leaving and cleaving and coming together with God at the head of your household really takes out a lot of that selfishness and it causes, um, and God shows you the, he will show you, he gives you the tools and the, the uh, how to build your family. Mm-hmm. So give me an example of tools. So what what would be a key thing that you would say would be a fundamental tool that you need to start on working on your relationship? Well, one thing, Other than communication. I mean, right. communication, speaking to one another, mm-hmm. but also communication also means listening. Mm-hmm. When somebody speaks, the other one listens. Right. And uh, then, and in return, they don't just listen to respond, they listen to hear. And that's yep. that's something unique. Yeah, that's something I had to work on in our marriage. And I think one of the tools you have to just create those within your marriage um, because you may be really good at listening to each other, but um, maybe your intimacy is lacking or maybe there is another part of your finances. Maybe you're not honest about things like that. And so I really feel like it's a custom fit for your marriage. But one thing is Tyler and I had to learn when we're fighting fair, we need to take a minute and breathe that he goes down to the shop and he needs to work on something and I need to go upstairs and and handle something or do something. But by the respect that we have for each other, I know he isn't going to leave the house without talking to me. And I've had to learn that I'm a very attack on mode person. So Tyler may be working on something and I'm going to come right at him. I've learned to take a breath and I need to give him the space in order to process what he's working with and I need to process. And we have found that in our marriage, by giving each other that space, that respected and trusted space, that when we come back to have that communication, it's going to be way better and and more proactive and productive with those conversations. Well, it, it sounds like you were almost raised by a pack of wild outlaw bikers or something. Yeah, about Tyler, how about you? How do you deal with it when you guys are getting ready to fight? She was saying you go down and work in the shop or something. Do you just need to step back and kind of gather your thoughts? Or so what that, does that look like? Yeah, that was uh, that's one of the tools that I really took away was uh, respectful boundaries. When you are in an argument or in disagreement, um, I'm, I'm the type of guy, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Um, when it gets heated, I will, I don't think about what I say. I don't, I can't, my mind doesn't do that. It doesn't calm down and say what I want to say. It'll just start blurting stuff out. And so uh, no one was getting anywhere. There was, we we're going in circles. We were, and with respectful boundaries, when you both take a step back, that gave me, a minute to realize what was aspiring, okay, and how to calmly diffuse the situation or um, 
to come to a, a, a mutual agreement on what's going to happen next with this disagreement. And uh, so respectful boundaries is a big thing that we took away. Right. That, that sounds mm-hmm. like a very good fundamental rule. Keisha? I'd also have to say um, when you are in a heated argument um, or having those conversations, putting your hand on your spouse or just being in that physical, even if it's a foot or something, just touching each other, it's really hard to fight with your spouse when you are making eye, eye contact, when you are have physical touch as well. And that physical touch is a gentle and calming physical (laughs) touch yes yes and um and really just kind of laying out some of that groundwork once you have built that trust with your spouse and built with hey we know we're gonna fight we know that things are gonna come up that bother us these are the things that are not okay the name calling taking off drinking you know some of those things that really kind of just spiral the emotions in the fight. So let, let's talk about our state right here for just a minute. And, well, just people anywhere. Um, one thing that happens with oil field people, okay, guys are gone for two weeks. And in some cases, the ladies are gone for two weeks. And the household is ran one way mm-hmm. when dad is at the rig. And it's run a completely different way when dad's at home. And usually that ends up being huge clashes. How would you talk to a couple about that? Well, that's something that we would sit down uh, with the couple and we would, you know, it's not so much figure out a way to communicate civilly without the arguing and you would both come up with a, a system on your own. And I would say, when you have that kind of situation, one thing that we had to learn is that Tyler and I had to be a team always whether it's in front of our children, outside of our children. And if we don't know the answer in front of the kids, we don't say, well, go ask your dad or go ask your mom that we had to say, you know what? That's a great question. I know you want to do that, but dad and I need to have that conversation first. And so really it's about a partnership coming together so that you always show a united front I feel like in front of the kids when things are being ran. And I think that between spouses, you have to have a talk and say, these are my expectations, what I expect to be done while I'm gone and while I'm here. And that the dad is still the head of the household. What he says goes, what this happens, you know, that you need to have kind of that a little bit in play of that mutual respect and that the father needs to lead the home so that the kids know, Hey, I'm out of town. You need to pay attention and understand your mother and have that mutual respect. Without a doubt. Um, I, and I agree with that 100%. Uh, it, it, with your generation, I mean, you guys are in your 30s. Mm-hmm. And with your generation, that's not always the case. A lot of times, dad isn't in the home, etc. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and that and that becomes a parenting skill thing, and that's a different different talk and a different uh, uh 
set of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But here was trying to straighten out the marriage before there's not a dad in the in the house. Mm-hmm. This is a thing that they should try mm-hmm. before things start to go amok. Uh, let me ask you this. Have you dealt with, and you may not have, have you dealt with uh, like somebody coming out of uh, an addiction and stepping into trying to rebuild their marriage. Have you guys dealt with that much yet? Uh, we uh, have met a couple, uh, just one couple that, so far, and we think it's an amazing story, um, and we we like to get to know them more. We're always trying to visit with them at church. But these guys have an amazing story, and I think it it would touch a lot of lives. Um, if maybe they if, they if they could talk about their story, but... I'll, I'll just touch on you. it a little bit. Um, well, you know, you sure can invite them on this show and they, yeah. and tune them into this so they can give it a listen and see if they would want to share because that mm-hmm. is the other kind of story that we like to capture here. Mm-hmm. What I'm really wanting to do today with visiting with you guys is get, uh, and we've got plenty of time here, so we're not in a rush, okay, mm-hmm. is uh, I want to make sure that people understand how to reach out and start rescuing their marriages because this is one thing in the Christian church that I see completely falling apart all over the place. And when the, you know, you got uh, mothers that are taking their kids to school, but dad is still in the house, but he's not a part of that. So some of the things you're saying there, Tyler, is very, very important. And uh, I, I do think that you guys are doing an incredible job together on one end. On the other end, I think that your ministry has been pretty incredible, and I think you guys have gotten a lot stronger in helping other people to make it evaluate yourselves a little better too, right? Yeah. So a part of building your marriage can also be starting to contribute into stuff like this. Mm -hmm. So now let's bounce on. So we've got started at the foundation. What happens when we get to that point of combat? Nowadays, you guys just automatically go, okay, let's go to our corners. We'll all be okay in an hour. Here, hold my hand. I'm good. Nope. So Tyler and I definitely feed off each other's energy. I always say, you know, a couple is kind of like a mirror. However, you're responding and acting. That's how the other person's doing. And Tyler and I are very in tune that one of us can breathe a certain way or look a certain way. And it's like, psh, game on. Just, you know. And, um, and we do, we fight that still to this day we work on, but it does not become the massive blow up point that it used to, but there are still fights. That's the key thing. Yeah. That's going to happen in marriage. You're always going to have a disagreement. You're always going to, um, not like what another, what your spouse does at some points, Mm -hmm. but with with going to retreats and and going um to the marriage classes it it really helps you take a step back and understand that we're not fighting it's not us against that problem it's us or i'm sorry it's uh it's not us against each other it's us against that problem and so let's let's sit down civilly and Figure out what's uh, what's causing this problem, what's making it flare, and how do we calm it down and get over it? 
Really, in marriage, the devil wants you to believe that you're playing a tennis match, and he's forcing you to play against each other. And what you really need to be doing is playing doubles against the devil because he's mm-hmm. coming at you, hitting you hard. But when you step on each other's team, that's when you're really you're batting against the devil because he's going to come and attack you every which way you can. And in fact. Tyler and I um, taught our very first marriage class this last fall. And after the marriage class, we kind of were, you know, just the devil was kind of hitting us. And he tried to hit us in the middle of a class. And when that didn't happen, after the class wrapped, he really came at us full bore. And so much to the point that it broke my wedding ring. And uh, so go on with the rest of the story. And so... Just like um, with any couple, with us, we have to retune in with each other. We have to recheck in with each other and um, really just start praying and focus and leaning on each other and really just giving, just giving it to God and reconnecting. And so whenever you are working on yourself and you're trying to make a difference in your marriage and a difference in life, like the devil definitely comes for you. Without a doubt. And, you know, one of the other things is, is when uh, he does, so let me ask you this, who do you guys end up going to? Do you keep counselors for yourselves around? No, you don't nope. point at each other. One of you got to answer. <laughs> I, I don't understand. What I'm saying is it, when you guys fall into problems with yourselves, do you, and it goes beyond you just being able to deal with each other. Who else do you go to to speak? Well, after we pray about it and we try and communicate more, and it's not going anywhere, we do have uh, a, a couple that is our mentors, and we can give them a call, and they kind of get us back on track. Medium to just you know kind of listen to us and kind of help us see us, give us points that we're not seeing because of the way we're thinking about the situation. Mm-hmm. Right. And and one of the reasons I want to bring that up is because it shows that even you guys need to have somebody that constantly keeps you in uh, a healthy relationship. And, uh, you know, that's the one thing with pastors as well. When you're in a pastoral ship, you have to find another pastor outside of your denomination, outside of your church, outside all of it in order to sit down and visit or else you'll lose your mind eventually you'll burn out and you know that's the one thing that uh, i know ed and shelly so a shout out to ed and shelly yeah uh work with you guys a lot on this and they're kind mm-hmm. of the lead over there correct yes okay and so uh how long have you guys well Keisha, you've known shelly since you were a little girl but mm-hmm. Uh, how did you guys all get together working? Was it just this retreat, or you guys uh, met them in other ways? Well, that's what's crazy is, uh, so Keisha's known Shelly since she was a little girl, and i known Ed since I was a little boy. I went to elementary school with his boys. Oh, I see. And uh, went to Lone Tree Church church camp with uh, Ed as my counselor. I didn't know that. So, yep. Um, but how we met ed and shelly was through church and uh like like we said before we were just going through a hard time and we knew something had to change and uh they they really mentored us and made us realize that we can't do it alone we have to have god with us and above us at all times because how hard the devil hits you you cannot 
no matter how hard you try to do it on your own. Oh you yeah, fail. Every well, time. and you know it, what he want, he has been dividing marriages since the very mm-hmm. first marriage. You know, yeah. the other thing that I would say to you is out of Ecclesiastes chapter four, it says three strands. So, Kishi, you said that you guys have, you need to double team and fight the devil. You need mm-hmm. to remember you got a third person playing mm-hmm. on that team because mm-hmm. when Jesus is in the middle of it, it makes a huge difference. Oh yes, yeah. huge. And, uh, you know, we always need to be in that, that mode of realize that we're not alone in all this. We've got plenty of people to come alongside of us. And so often I think, uh, couples, when they get to combating, they feel like they're all alone and, uh, because they feel like if they go to anybody, they'll be judged. And that's, what's cool that that really saved our marriage was realizing that, the devil's going to come at you, so why not fight at? Why not f- fight him together instead of us individually trying to fight him? Right. For our one, for the one thing. Right. Does that kind of make sense? We're, right. Right. We're, we're right. fighting opposite for one thing, but when we learned that, hey, I'm not leaving. You're not leaving. We love each other. We're going to make this work, and we pray about it and put God in there with it. We're just slaying anything that comes across us and and, and it, it makes you realize that you got your best friend back you it's amazing how much you build up oh without a doubt and a, having having a strong support system doesn't come from mom and dad it doesn't come from the church it doesn't come from no. any of that it comes directly from christ for starters but secondly having your spouse in your corner no matter what that's huge yeah because then you never feel like you're you're walking alone at any given time. I I would a million percent agree on that. And now the other thing that I would ask is, uh, when you guys did you guys go through some more a lot of education for this? I mean, did you guys take on uh, uh, classes or stuff to that effect? So what I really love about family ministry and why it just kind of poured in our heart, not only after um, God started working on both of our hearts and our marriage, and we saw what it could do and really change it around, um, we started attending the classes that are offered over there at Highland Park, and they're usually a six-week class that they do on Sundays, and we usually do a book study. And um, the book study, the first one that Tyler and I did was called Love Struck. Okay. And who wrote, do you remember who wrote it? I don't know. That's okay. Of my head. It's okay. Um, but that created so much healing and eye opening, I think, between us. And it was kind of interesting because we tried reading the book separately and then we started reading it out to each other. And just it, it, it forced us to have some of those difficult conversations. And I really feel like not only attending the retreat, but attending the classes and taking that hour for each other once a week just set the tone for the week. It really kind of made you want more. Yeah. When you got to the middle of the week and you were you're were kind of feeling on your empty mm-hmm. love, you wanted that like what you had Sunday morning with your spouse. So you you try to go get that and so looking here i see that it is love struck by sharon janes okay so you know one of the things with uh sharon janes what would what would be your big takeaway from that from that book and you know that book ain't badly priced you 
That is that book right there. You can get on a paperback off of uh, Amazon for like six, seven dollars. Let's just call it seven bucks. That's pretty cheap. And and it's if it rescues your marriage, yep. it's much cheaper than a divorce attorney. <laughs> yes, yes, a six dollar book, you know, and a six week class can really change you around. Well, it, it it that's a lot better than the six figure income you're going to lose at the end mm-hmm. of a divorce, and mm-hmm. and all the other things that you like. You know, it, it, they always say that God hates divorce. You know what? God doesn't hate divorce. What God hates is seeing people ripped to shreds. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of it, seeing families torn apart and mm-hmm. stuff to that effect. And mm-hmm. that's what he hates. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, for so long, people were like, oh, yeah, you know, God is very against. Uh, and and, the, and some people would stay in abusive relationships instead of trying to get it held up. But, you know, when it, there can become a point where there does need to be that as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one thing that if. Before it ever gets to that point, we should be trying something else. Oh, yeah. My biggest takeaway from that book, or or one thing that she discusses in the back, is that marriage is like a canvas painting. You can't have the bright sunsets, the beautiful highs without some of the lows. And it's all a part of God painting this big picture for your marriage. That's beautiful. You know, uh, I think with... uh, your mom and I, with Christy and I, ours always looked like a tattered mess. <laughs> no, for real. And then we figured out later on it was needlepoint. When you turn it around, it was quite beautiful in his eyes. We were looking at it from the wrong direction a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of times that happens. <laughs> yeah. Just got to flip it over. Yeah, you flip beautiful. it over and take a look at it from God's perspective, yep. right? So when we start taking a look at things like... Um, when you guys go to do this retreat, how long does it last? Is it five, six days? Mm. Is it just oh, how long? It's a is weekend. It? It's a weekend. So thing, they go on a Friday and come back on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And one thing that you should know that what happens, what we discuss at a marriage retreat, stays at a marriage retreat. That's what I love about. So the it's like you guys go to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't come back. <laughs> we don't come back broke. We come back full. Yeah, that's We're right. syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't come back with any diseases. Okay, so moving on, Tyler. <laughs> it's a family show, dude. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm, just kid- uh, I'm kidding. So anyway, when you guys go on a retreat, they last uh, a weekend. A weekend, yeah. You uh, usually show up on a Friday afternoon, and then you we just hit it hard from the get-go. It's like, can you get in and... We'll have a little meeting and, you know, we, we have fun too, but there's the amount of learning is just amazing. It's yeah, really neat. it's, it's really three days and, um, your room. So we stay at a hunting lodge and, um, all your meals are provided. So you don't have to stress about food. And we really crack down till 10 uh, to 11 at night, every night. So that Friday night is long, Saturday night's long. And then we usually wrap by Saturday afternoon by one, or I'm sorry, yes, Sunday afternoon, like one, two o'clock. But that time is really focused. Um, and we really try to hone in so that you and your spouse can get all the help that you may need or start to need without any interruptions outside. Okay. So when you get back, do you do follow up with the couples? So usually, uh, yeah, when on Sunday, usually we'll, um, if anyone wants to exchange numbers, um, like after the, this last marriage retreat was our first hosting, uh, we were able to 
visit with a few people afterwards, and it was nice. And help a couple. And it wasn't all nice. And and some. Well, hey, no, and somebody, and and that's the other thing I want to talk about. So it doesn't always come out okay. I mean, this isn't a magic wand waved over something, and and a marriage is suddenly after three or four years of bad abuse. And I don't know any of your numbers. I'm just telling you that I can only picture that there's times that you'll take. How many couples on average go? Uh, around 10 couples. Around 10 couples. Okay, so we got 20 people there in total, right? Mm-hmm. So we got 10 couples that go out, and you're inevitably, every every few times out, going to have one couple that just said, they, they were rough going in or rough coming out. You continue to try to work with them. Well, we always um, provide the classes and we have the family ministry area there at Highland Park and we always encourage that some situations and some need further counseling and professional counseling so we always encourage that whatever situation they may be dealing with that they may seek that as a couple so to start with a professional counseling and to attend our classes that is provided. Um, Tyler and I teach as well as a couple other couples um, to continue that refresher because your tank kind of goes low. And so I feel like by attending those classes, you keep up and you maintain and you build friendships, you build um, your community. And so hopefully um, whoever needs more help can dive into that. Now, is it only people from your church that can go to this? No, no, anyone. No, anyone. Um, we do. It fills up rather quickly. This time, I feel like filled up with maybe twelve hours or something. It filled up quick. Have you guys thought about starting to expand it to do it a little bit more than just the one here and one there? Because uh, have you thought well, about taking this into other churches as well as a ministry from your church to other churches? Because I just want to kick this out to you. I deal with a lot of different churches uh i you guys know that i know a lots and lots of pastors but there's a lot of pastors that don't have enough people at their church to help but they have couples within their church that could use some help mm-hmm. and uh, they help how they can but you know you guys really should think about visit with your church about helping expand this into offering it to other churches hey we would like to bring a presentation we would mm-hmm. like to make an offer and and maybe even help train some of these other churches cuz one thing we've got to do is like you guys know I'm not a denominational minded person. Right. I am a kingdom minded person. Mm-hmm. I don't really put up any barriers with churches, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh that just means he's with those people, I'm with these people, but we're all in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, just I want to just throw that out there for you guys to really talk with uh Ed and Shelly about, and you well, know, would would I would another church's people be able to come and get training from you guys? Um, yeah, that's something we'd have to talk to the pastor about. I think that they can do that. The but to touch base earlier, um, we the the main pastor and Ed and Shelly would love to have more if we could. the only, The only thing is, we're blessed to to be able to go into a hunting lodge and do this because only during non-hunting season mm-hmm. and that's the thing is <laughs> I'm with you, because man. this hunting lodge they you know they 
they're and they don't charge the church and that's what's really neat is that they they're blessed to be able to just go and be a part of it for a weekend and so they don't want to try and overdo overstay right they they don't want to overuse their their and so that's but there's definitely other places that we can we could step in. So anyway, Keisha, when it comes down to uh, how did you guys get connected with Highland Park Church? So Tyler went there as a young guy. Well, let's let's just tell the truth because my dad didn't preach there, so that's the church I chose. Well, back when <laughs> I started going to church, you weren't you were not um, pastoring at a church. I wasn't. I wasn't. And so I'm just teasing. Um, Tyler kind of had a relationship with Highland and, um, I started, um, being kind of more interested in him and I talked about it a little bit. And at that time they had a new pastor starting. So I felt I was pretty new in my faith journey and they had a new pastor there. So it felt kind of like a new beginning and a new time, not only for the church, but for myself. Cool. And, uh, your uh how do you feel about like their other programs that they have with uh their children's program you have paisley over there you have a a three-year-old over there and trenton goes over there on occasion although he is in his heart lutheran just so we're all aware (laughs) (laughs) he just likes that other church because he loves the people there Mm -hmm. and they love him so thank you for letting my grandson go to church with me because my people definitely love him you're welcome but you know, with with you, what what is one of the, what's one of the things? Do you, do they do a lot of guy things? Like let's step let's step beyond the marriage thing. What's other things your church can offer for a person that's listening to this and hasn't picked a church? Yeah, they yeah they have a men's group. Um, I believe every Sunday morning and uh, and other nights. I'm sure. Um, I'm we not, have community groups. We have community groups. Uh, that if you'd like to every. And that's up to the community group leader, whichever night they meet. But that's really neat to meet new people in the community as you get together once a week and you do a Bible study. And, right. And we have CR on Friday nights. What's CR? Um, Celebrate Recovery. Oh, I know. I get those two guys on my show all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love CR. I go to CR all the time. I think I know almost everybody there. But, you know, I've worked with all these guys and, and gals for a long time and. You know, I've been a knucklehead myself in my past life, so that's that's a great thing. So, you know, uh, what are some key things that you want people to know about your ministry here? What would be, if you had one key thing, Tyler, if you had one key thing you would want men as a husband to know uh, about your ministry, what would you tell them? Here's a key thing you need to take a look at to 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 think about going to this retreat? Well, one thing would be uh, to really open your heart. Um, don't um, try and warm your heart and and talk to God and and start a relationship with him. That's That would be the biggest thing that I would tell you. Keisha, what about you? I think as a woman and a woman who's married and going into retreat, I think it is so important to pray for your spouse and to pray mm-hmm. for their heart and to pray for not only your relationship with God, but your spouse's relationship 
And um, our biggest, our biggest fight against the enemy is knowledge and prayer. And I think the more you pray for your spouse, and especially going into a retreat, like the more fulfilled you'll walk away and the more healing. And to give yourself grace, to realize that there's things that may have been buried and that you don't know what you're dealing with, but to keep praying for yourself, your heart, your healing, as well as your spouse. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so don't worry, we've still got a few more minutes left. I've got about 10 minutes here, but I wanted to tackle a couple more things before we settle out. So I wanted those two keys there. Number one, if they wanted to reach out to your church, uh, would you just have them uh, reach out to Highland Park? Yes, yeah. If, so, um, Is there a specific pre- people they need to ask for? Harold Bradshaw, he's the head of family ministry over there. Okay. And so you can reach out on the website, um, hpcc.com, as well as if you sign up for our newsletter that kicks out every Thursday, it always has updates as to when a retreat may be or a class that you can sign up. And you don't have to attend Highland to attend one of our classes. And we're gearing up for a parenting class kicking off April 16th. And so um, we will have a whole nother slew of classes towards after summer break. Um, we will be introducing a few more classes on the horizon. Well, you know, another way you can reach out to them is via the telephone. And that's 307-265-4073. And uh, you can reach out over there and give me the guy's name one more time. Harold Bradshaw. Harold Bradshaw. All right. Well, you know, one of the things that you could do with reaching out to Highland Park is uh, they're an excellent church. Uh, Mike Fackler over there is an incredibly good pastor, and uh, they have such a magnificent team that works on stuff like helping develop your family. And I would just strongly encourage you, if you're looking for a church and you don't have one, that is a good place to start uh, in this community. And I... um, you know, you you could find yourself welcome in, in multiple churches in town. Of course, I'm always going to invite you to Prince of Peace Lutheran. And uh, But one thing I, I'm going to always tell you is go to a place where you're getting fed, where you are building and developing, and where you could start to develop relationships with people and so on. Now, the other thing that I would ask you guys is um, if you... If you had your marriage to do over again, if you had that coming together to get married, what would you do differently to help it improve right off the get? Because you really can't pick some things, right? Oh, they're both thinking very deeply. I can almost see the smoke rising. (laughs) Go ahead, Keisha. I would think for me, I would have liked to take some of these tools and learned a lot more about what it means to respect your spouse and respect boundaries and um, to also how to know that it's okay to not be okay and that things don't have to be a big blow up in order to get your point across. 
And um, I think inviting absolutely got into our marriage right off the get. We had an amazing, beautiful wedding, and it was huge, one for the books for sure. But going back, I always tell Tyler that I want to renew our vows and have it just be a more intimate relationship between him and I and God because that go, that day goes so fast and you don't realize that you are entering um, a covenant with God and your spouse. And I think we're so focused on the music and the dress and everything that happens that you forget that um, that's just a day. It is. That's mm-hmm. that's a good solid word. What about you, Tyler? Um, yeah, God being there at the head of the household from day one would have been a number one thing. And that, and that's easy to but say on it, this side after you developed a relationship it, it with is. him, right? Yeah. And you didn't have that tight of a relationship with him at that time. You knew he no. existed, but you really weren't there. Yeah. Right? No, like I, mean, I said, I, he was to the side of me or behind me. And when I felt, I, that's not how God works. No. No. You don't turn around and say, hey, I, I need you on this one. I want to hop forward. Yeah, that's no, called that's making not... yourself God. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Uh, so that I would say that would be one thing. And uh, just taking a breath in and just enjoying the life that you're going to make and that you're going to go ahead. And I truly feel like at times, especially when you're newly married, that you're so focused on just trying to survive, making it work. How are we going to pay bills? We're moving in together and handling all these things. I think when you're newly married, you have all this stuff thrown at you and you don't know um, how to function or how to do. And you know that you want to put God in, in that home plate. And I really feel like we always worry and we always don't know. And I can only speak from Tyler and I's marriage and our experiences. But going in, I truly feel like God built Tyler for me. That when I am quick and rash on decisions, he's more calm and patient. And I feel very blessed that... It's awful hard to look at myself in a female version. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so, okay, let me ask you this real quick. Tyler, in a, in a brief setup here, uh, you uh, how how did you truly come to know who Jesus Christ was? I opened up my heart for one. I I had a callus on my heart. I think I always knew knew about Jesus. I knew some of the story. I grew, you know, I was raised. Um, around the church i did that's where my personal heart did not accept jesus fully when i was younger to fully understand him when i'm older and so i started headed down some wrong roads and when when i felt like our my marriage was falling apart it really i i i let the lord into my heart and when i did that not only did I stop the resentment of getting married or um, feeling like, oh, I, she's just nagging on me. It, no. It, and, and it wasn't just a warm feeling. What happened when I let Jesus in was he made me realize everything that 
I thought was her problem. No, I, it was me. And it was a big awakening that realizing that I'm the one that caused a lot of this because of my just because um, of life. Uh, yeah. Life Way to be and, a man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Way to be a man, Tyler. Um, so, it, you know, that was a big thing for me is realizing that I, I, w- I was putting the blame on her when it wasn't her to, to blame. It was mine. I get it. Okay. Keisha, what about you? How did you end up coming to make that decision and stepping into it all? There's just been so many layers <laughs> Um, I believed in the Lord since I was young. It was, I was not raised in a house, but it was always, my grandparents had me around it. She, she was not raised in a Christian household. Mm -hmm. Uh, her father right here can attest to that. Um, but being around my aunt and uncle, my grandparents who attended heavily, I always believed in him. I always felt a connection. I, I always knew him, but did not know um, the Lord or the path I wanted to go intimately. And there's so many chapters um, that I could say that the Lord has shown up. But really, um, with my spouse, with me personally, and when my mom got really sick, and I just, I just said, you know what, Lord, I've been trying to do life this way. I've been partying. I've been living a different way. And I see the love that you have for me. I know this isn't what I want. I know this isn't what you want. And I need to be better. I need to be different. And when um, I accepted that, uh, it was shortly after um, my, I just felt like I gave my heart and all of that over to him. And shortly after that, um, I met Tyler and things, we started healing together you know the all the decisions i'd made and and places i've gone and um i just really gave it over to him and after i gave my heart um god just really led me down the path that he has always woven for me that's beautiful well you two have just been an incredible joy in my life and brought my wonderful grandchildren in there you guys did a good job still doing a great job there thank you and uh but you know i want you to know that uh as you guys uh progress forward just how proud we all are of you and uh how much you are needed uh in this community and to help people and i i pray that you guys just keep doing that so you know, uh, once again, I'll tell you, if you if you need to, if you need some help with this, you can reach out to the Barbarian Prophet, um, info at the Barbarian Prophet uh, dot something. <laughs> You'll hear it at the end of this. I don't know why. I just went blank on it. I think it's dot com dot org dot something. It's a Monday. It is Monday. And uh, so, hey, man. Uh, I'm going to tell you both, thank you very much. Thank you. I love you both. I want you guys to know I love you and Jesus loves you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop us. For questions or comments, please email us at info at thebarbarianprophet.com. 
The Barbarian Prophet is a registered trademark of Barbarian Media Group. Listening to this podcast may cause excitability, euphoria, and overall sense of happiness in the realization that you're not alone. Discontinue use if reddened skin or a rash develops. Side effects may include random hugging, crying out loud, smiling while alone, and happy crying combined with snot bubble development. Do not use during church service. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Are you actually still listening? Seriously, we have nothing more to say except for that one thing that was really, really, really important, but let's wait until the next show for that. tell you that one more thing that I wanted you to know and that it is a fact that Jesus can help retrieve the things you think you've lost. So let me tell you what, if you think your marriage is in trouble or you're thinking you need to just reach out, you reach out to us, we'll point you in the right direction, but do not hesitate on getting on your knees and accepting the only one that can truly set you free and that is Jesus Christ.